Welcome to the Stork Storytime Podcast at the North Liberty Community Library. Are you expecting or thinking of starting a family? If so, this podcast is for you. Just as it's never too late to develop a love of reading, it's never too early either. Hello, my name is Jennifer Jordabrek and I'm the Assistant Director at the North Liberty Community Library. Hi, I'm Melanie Harrison, and I'm the Marketing and Events Coordinator here at the Library. We'd like to welcome our guest speaker today, Tori Roberts from the North Liberty Pharmacy in North Liberty. Thanks for taking some time to talk with us today. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Welcome to our podcast, Tori. Before we talk about surviving summer while pregnant, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? So I was born and raised in the Quad Cities. I graduated from pharmacy school with my doctorate of pharmacy degree from Drake University in 2017, and I'm currently completing a community-based pharmacy residency with the University of Iowa College of Pharmacy and North Liberty Pharmacy. My passion lies within patient care and educating patients on their medications and health conditions. Wonderful. Thanks so much again for being with us today. We'll go ahead and start talking about our topic today. Um, Being pregnant for about nine to 10 months means you're either going to be pregnant or have a newborn during the summer. And here in Iowa, the weather can get pretty hot and humid. Spring was late to arrive and we're not sure what the next few months are gonna be looking like. During those dog days of summer, there's not only the weather to contend with, but mosquitoes, bugs, allergens. And our podcast today focuses on how you can survive summer while pregnant or with a newborn by offering some helpful hints and cautions to be aware of. So Tori, can you please share with our listeners some summertime safety tips uh, if they happen to be pregnant? Sure. So dehydration can predispose women to preterm labor, so it's extremely important to stay hydrated by drinking plenty of liquids. It's recommended to drink at least eight glasses of water a day, and even more if it's really hot outside. Sports drinks with electrolytes like Gatorade can help to replace lost salt and retain fluid. It can also be helpful to carry a spray bottle of water with you at all times so you can cool yourself quickly if you feel that you're getting overheated. Oh, that's a great tip. <laughs> For outdoor tasks, it's best to do those in the morning or late in the evening when the sun is not peaking and is very, very hot. And the peak times, is that like between? It's between like 10 a.m. and 2 p.m., okay. kind of that middle of the day where that okay. sun is, is high in the sky. Okay. And when temperatures exceed 90 degrees, try to stay indoors or in the shade if if at all possible. And it's fun that stores like Old Navy and Target have dedicated maternity lines to go pick out your fresh summer outfits that can keep you cool while you're outside. Yeah. Okay, because what type of clothing? I was doing some research too, and is it, it's not the polyester type stuff, it's cotton. Yeah, that that lightweight, um, light colors, breathable, and making sure the belly isn't being hugged, you know, just, you know, easily movable type clothing. Okay, good. And now, um, pregnant ladies sometimes deal like with increased swelling is that going to be more common in the heat as well it very well could just because in general uh the heat can exacerbate that swelling so you know elevating the feet when possible or you know even just putting ice on your forehead or something just to cool down could could be very helpful okay that's a great tip and if um, you are pregnant and happen to find yourself out in the sun is is it um, safe to put sunscreen on 
That's a really great question. So it's always important to wear sunscreen while you're out in the sun, but it's even more important to wear it while you're pregnant. So your body's pigment-producing cells kick into overdrive during pregnancy and make your skin more susceptible to UV-induced discoloration. So for sunscreen, it's important to not let super high SPFs gives you a, give you a false sense of security. So SPF 15 blocks about 93% of UVB rays. SPF 30 blocks about 97%. SPF 50 blocks about 98%, according to the Skin Cancer Foundation. So that means SPF 100 isn't exactly twice as good as SPF 50. Mm -hmm. A good rule of thumb is to use at least SPF 30, reapplying at least every two hours or even more often if you're sweating or if you're in and out of the water. Reapplying is really what makes this skin-saving difference. That's some great information. I didn't realize that about sunscreen. And yeah, their it's SPFs. kind of misleading, and the companies will actually charge more for those higher SPFs, but there's really no additional benefit. Mm. I mean, maybe by a percentage or two for how how, ma- how many rays it can block, but there's mm-hmm. really and it's not. more just the reapplying, because it's easy just Absolutely. to get going in the day and forget to reapply again. Yeah, especially if you're in the water and things like that, where mm-hmm. it can come off really easily, and mm-hmm. the next thing you know, you're burned. Mm-hmm. Um, It's always a good idea to opt for broad-spectrum sunscreens, which can offer protection against UVA and UVB rays, which can both cause skin cancer. Plus, the UVA rays are infamous for causing skin discoloration, which is common during pregnancy, according to the American Academy of Dermatology. So sunscreen falls into two different categories. There's physical sunscreens, which reflect UV rays using ingredients like titanium dioxide or zinc oxide. And then there's chemical sunscreens, which absorb UV rays using ingredients like oxybenzone. So chemical Mm. sunscreens can enter the bloodstream and could affect baby. Exactly how is unclear, but many of those ingredients can affect estrogen levels and potentially lead to low birth weights. So it is best to avoid using sunscreen with ingredients like oxybenzone. These chemicals can also irritate your sensitive skin. So the recommendation then is to use physical sunscreens containing titanium dioxide or zinc oxide. Do be cautious, though, of products that say they have micronized or nano-sized particles of titanium oxide or zinc oxide, as these particles are smaller than a lot of the chemical molecules and may be more easily absorbed into the skin. They are relatively new to the market, and there is not enough research yet to really prove that they are safe to use in pregnancy. So that's a lot of good information, but I am not pregnant, but I would still have questions on what you just said. So um, a good recommendation could be stop at your local pharmacy or if you're here in town at the North Liberty Pharmacy and, you know, you I assume have sunscreen there available for purchase or they can ask as well questions or their doctor if yeah. if that would be a suns- good sunscreen to use. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. And it's always a good idea to check with your doctor or pharmacist for any of these types of adding any chemical to your body while pregnant is always important to have those discussions beforehand. So during pregnancy, I know sometimes women feel a little hot or warmer than the rest of of us do, Um, especially in the summer then. um, Are they at greater risk for heat stroke or what would they need to watch out for? Yeah, that's a really good question. So in general, some signs and symptoms of heat stroke could be elevated body temperature, 
Um, they could experience some confusion or agitation. Um, their skin might feel flushed. Nauseousness can occur, headache and heavy breathing and not being able to sweat when they should when they're that warm. So at that point, it's important for especially women that are pregnant to keep those things in mind. And if at any point they're outside and it's hot and they start to feel different or they start to notice a few of these symptoms, it's very important that they get to somewhere cool right away to help protect them and the baby. Great. Thanks. So what are some summer safety time tips uh, for infants or newborns? Yeah, so that's a really good question. So one of the best approaches is to keep infants under six months of age out of the sun and to particularly avoid exposure to the sun during those peak hours of 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. when the UV rays are most intense. It's also a good idea to keep your baby in the shade as much as possible. So young infants don't sweat like we do. Sweat naturally cools the rest of us down when we're hot, but babies haven't fully developed that built-in heating and cooling system yet. So you want to make sure baby doesn't get overheated because they have no way to cool themselves down. Also, babies are at higher risk of becoming dehydrated in the heat. To ensure they're adequately hydrated, offer them their usual feeding of either breast milk or formula, and the water content within that will have enough in there to keep them hydrated. It's always a good idea to consult with your pediatrician before using any sunscreen on your baby. So baby's skin is less mature compared to adults, and infants have a higher surface area to body weight ratio compared to older children and adults. Both of these factors mean that an infant's exposure to the chemicals in sunscreen may be much greater, increasing the risks of side effects for sunscreen. It's also... I'm sorry, I was just going to say, that's really interesting. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It's also important to make sure that your child wears clothing that covers and protects their sensitive skin. So the American Academy of Pediatrics suggests dressing infants in lightweight, long pants, long sleeve shirts, and brimmed hats that shade the neck to prevent sunburn. Now, it's really cute when babies wear baseball caps, but yeah. the problem with that is that it only covers their face. It still leaves their ears and their neck mm-hmm. exposed. So kind of like the fisherman type hat mm-hmm. is a good type of hat to okay. make sure it's entirely covering their head and their neck. And sunglasses would be good. However, that's nearly impossible sometimes. <laughs> I think it's easier to keep sunglasses on a, an infant than a, you know, a two-year-old yeah, sure, or a one-year-old. Sure, sure, Yeah. And a good kind of rule of thumb is, is dress them like you're dressed. Yeah, yeah. And, and using common sense on this is good. So if you hold the fabric against your hand and it's so sheer that you can see through it, then it's probably not going to offer enough protection for the baby. And same goes for pregnant women as well. It's important to make sure that your baby does not get dehydrated. So symptoms of that would be fussiness, redness, or excessive crying. This can also occur if they become sunburnt as well. They will tell you that that something is wrong. And if your baby's getting sunburned, try to get them out of the sun right away. Um, You can also apply cold compresses to those affected areas to try to cool them down, again, since babies aren't able to sweat that out. And just as, again, a general rule of thumb, it was six months and under. They really shouldn't be in the sun. Right, right. Yeah, because their their inner thermostats haven't fully developed at that point. 
Okay. And keep it, and if you do have to be outside keeping them in the shade, whether it's, you know, the cover of a stroller or from a tree or just some yeah. sort of shade. Umbrella. Is, yeah, umbrella, <laughs> absolutely. So um, we'll be coming up here, you know, June and July, August, um, those mosquitoes and gnats and all of those summer um, bugs will be making an appearance. What about um, if you're pregnant, can you use bug repellents or bug sprays? What What's your recommendation on that? Yeah, so as many of you know, there has been a recent epidemic of the mosquito-borne illness Zika. It has been linked to thousands of cases of microcephaly and sometimes even death for fetuses. We also know that mosquitoes can transmit other illnesses such as West Nile virus and Eastern Eastern equine encephalitis. So for those reasons, it's very important to keep yourself and baby protected from mosquitoes and other bugs. So contrary to popular belief, DEET is safe to use during pregnancy when used as directed in moderate concentrations. So the CDC, or Centers for Disease Control, says that it is safe for women at any stage of pregnancy and nursing moms to use insect repellents containing DEET. A couple other bug repellent agents that are recommended by the CDC includes Bicaridin and IR3535. So with all three of these repellents, it is important to be sure that they are registered with the Environmental Protection Agency, or the EPA. So it's important to look at the packaging and make sure that there is that stamp of approval from the EPA on these products. The CDC also recommends using just enough repellent to cover the exposed skin or clothing, and it's also recommended to rinse off once you're back indoors just to get those chemicals off of your body. The CDC, in terms of of recommendations that they don't stand by, is avoiding lemon eucalyptus oil, or PMD is the synthetic version of the oil. So they say that this should not be used on children under three years old and on pregnant women. So it's important to avoid, to while you're looking at those products, make mm-hmm. sure that you're staying away from that lemon eucalyptus oil, which can be a bit misleading because you compare the names of the other ones, DEET and IR3535, but right. and those sound more like chemicals, but then this lemon eucalyptus oil, it sounds pretty natural. Right. So it's, it's important to be aware of that and to stay away from those products. Yeah. That's interesting. And again, if you do have any questions, please consult your local pharmacy or um, check in with your doctor to to make sure you're um, using what you should be. Absolutely. And then a couple other ways to to repel bugs without using bug repellents um, to ensure that there's screens on open doors and windows Mm -hmm. to try to keep those bugs out of your house during those summertime months. Um, It can also be helpful to wear long sleeves, socks, and pants while outside, especially in wooded areas or areas near water where mosquitoes and other bugs like to hang out. And then also, especially for women that are pregnant, being cautious of areas that they're traveling to in which Zika may be Mm. prominent. So the CDC actually has a really great webpage that shows a world map and it highlights the areas of the world where there's a high risk of Zika. So if you're planning planning an exotic vacation or are going to be traveling, um, that's a really great place to look to to see where you shouldn't go in order to stay away and, and have less risk of getting Zika. Yeah, I know when I was um, first expecting my daughter was right when it was in Florida 
And my doctor talked a lot about, like, are you going to be traveling there? And, and she said that she knew a couple that was getting married there, and they wanted to start trying right away. And there was this recommended time that you wait so long after yeah. traveling to places like that. Um, wow. So, yeah, it was it was quite a – I mean – kind of scary. <laughs> yeah, it is kind All of scary. Things, so. But again, the CDC is a great resource. Yeah, for and that's what she things. said too, was using the DEET and she's like, I know it sounds like you're not supposed to, but it's better than, much better than, you know. Contracting Zika. Yeah. 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 And um, if you have a newborn, um, you know, like and they're in the stroller or something, I know there's netting or different lightweight fabrics that you can, you want to make sure they're well ventilated if they're in their car seat or in their stroller, but you know, there's ways to protect them as well without applying topicals. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So um, another thing that can hit many people during the summer is allergies and um, what they can and can't take during during pregnancy. Yeah, so again, this is where your local pharmacist can really come into play. Again, making sure your doctor's on board as well. Um, so these recommendations are from the American College of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology. So there are, thankfully for pregnant women, there are some options that, that we can consider for those that have allergies during pregnancy. So antihistamines like chlorpheniramine and diphenhydramine, which the brand name for that is Benadryl, okay. those drugs have been around for several years and have been used in pregnancy. Now, keep in mind, a drawback of these medications is drowsiness. So, so those might be a better bedtime medication to help with your allergy symptoms. There are a few newer, less sedating antihistamines like Claritin or Zyrtec that can also be safe in pregnancy. It is best to avoid oral decongestants such as Sudafed because reports have linked them with potential birth defects. Mm. So a better alternative then is a nasal spray, which the brand name is Afrin. It's a topical decongestant that is that, that you use in the nose. And because it's used locally in the nose, there's minimal absorption in the bloodstream. However, keep in mind that with these nasal sprays, there can be some rebound congestion that occurs. So it's recommended to use those products intermittently or only for about three days to help with symptoms. And then corticosteroid nasal sprays can also be helpful for patients. So this would include Flonase and Rhinocort, just as a couple examples that are prescription and were prescription and now are actually OTC. Both of those products have made that transition. And OTC is over the counter? Yes. Yep. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm so used to saying OTC like it's nothing. But yes, OTC is over the counter. Again, any any pharmacist would be happy to show you where that's located on the shelf. I remember when I was pregnant, I always would ask my pharmacist my husband's a pharmacist I would always ask him okay is it okay if I take this you know any anything I would always ask so I was kind of overly cautious but that's always kind of a good rule of thumb and absolutely I know they're always happy to help and and well I know my doctor just gave us like a sheet with kind of some things and um and I when I when I was expecting my son I forgot to take that with me and had an allergy issue and went in and they were the the pharmacy that I went to was like, well, we can't really suggest you take anything. And I'm like, I know there's something I can take. (laughs) traveling. Yeah, we were traveling in Colorado and it was just, you know, the elevation and different things I was being exposed to. It just, yeah, it was awful. But the next day I just called the doctor. I'm like, what could I take? (laughs) So... 
And then some some non-pharmacologic strategies to ease symptom of allergies would include showering and washing your hair and clothes when you come inside from the outdoors. So that's a really quick and easy way to make sure that you're getting that pollen or those other irritants off your body and off your clothes right away. It's, it can, I never thought about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Really simple and something we do anyway, um, mm-hmm. but just another way to, to help get those allergens out of your house. Also, dusting and vacuuming regularly, especially if you have the windows open quite frequently. Or, or maybe just keep your windows closed. Well, that, there you go. There's another one, too. Keep your windows closed this time of year yeah, when the pollen counts are high. Dusting yeah. and vacuuming. Yeah, yeah. And then also at dawn is when pollen counts are at their highest. So, yeah, yeah. So kind of keeping that in mind if you have some work to do outside or in the yard um, to try to avoid those peak When that's where you would think you'd want to go out because it's probably cooler, too, you know? Right, right. Okay. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So can you share with our listeners some other resources that might be available to them? Absolutely. So with the internet and social media, we now have instant access to a large amount of information. Some of that information is good and some of that information is bad. So it's important to keep in mind where and who you're getting your information from. So a good rule of thumb is any national organization or any governmental organization is going to be a good resource. So those would be websites ending in .org or .gov. Those are going to be pretty safe bets. Also, as I was doing research on this topic, um, I came across a couple websites like thebump.com and Mm parents.com. So those websites specifically focus on pregnancy and newborns. So that that might be a good option. You know, things like WebMD and things like that may not be the best resource. Um, But again, another great resource is your pediatrician, your obstetrician, your your pharmacist, any, any member of the healthcare team Um, is more than willing to help answer your questions. Awesome. And then what products or services does the North Liberty Pharmacy have that new and expecting families might be interested in? Yeah, so we have several different things that that would really fit this this patient population. Um, The first one being breast pumps. So I'm not sure how many other retailers here in the North Liberty area sell breast pumps, but we are one of them. And we sell both the Spectra and the Medela breast pumps and accessories. And then depending on your insurance company, there are options to either rent or own the breast pump. So all you have to do is bring in your prescription and your insurance card, and we'd be more than happy to look into it for you to see what a potential copay would be and to see what options are available. That's a really great idea. I don't know if people would really associate that a pharmacy would actually have breast pumps available for you, so that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. We get a lot of patients in, but spreading the word to help bring more in would be wonderful. Again, so that people don't have to travel down to Iowa City and Coralville. They can just stay local here and and get their breast pump. So for this patient population, we have a couple other things that could be helpful. So we carry a wide variety of probiotics, and probiotics are used to establish and maintain gut health, which is recommended for all ages, babies up to adults. We also carry a professional line of vitamins and supplements. 
We also are able to flavor liquid medications for children to make it easier for them to take their medicine and make it easier for the parents. Um, nice. So that's that's just kind of an added service that we have as well. And then also on, on the first and third Wednesday of each month, we have Wellness Wednesdays, and that's when you get 20% off any professional-grade supplement purchase. Oh, awesome. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah, the first and third, you said? First and third Wednesday. We awesome. call them Wellness Wednesdays. Okay. That's really cool. Yeah. Keep that in mind. So before we end today's podcast, Tori, would you mind sharing with our listeners what your favorite story time memory or book is, um, either as when you were a child or um, if you currently read to any children, what you enjoy reading? Sure. So before I was old enough to read, I loved it when my parents would read to me Dr. Seuss books, mm-hmm. like One Fish, Two Fish, Red Fish, Blue Fish, uh, The Foot Book, Green Eggs and Ham, There's Walk It in My Pocket, oh. <laughs> things of that nature. And then on the day I graduated from high school, my parents gave me the book, Oh, The Places You'll Go, and they wrote a sweet message on the inside cover, encouraging me to work hard and follow my heart. And I love how the whole thing came full circle to me loving Dr. Seuss books as a child and then inspiring me to chase my dreams as an adult. So those will all surely be books that, that I will share with my future children. Yeah. Sure. Well, those are some wonderful like memories. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, you know, beginning of June here and uh, graduations have been in full swing. And yes. It's probably a pretty uh, popular gift to, yes. to give. So uh, there's another helpful hint for those yeah. expecting yeah. families. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Well, in summary of today's podcast, um, we talked with Tori from North Liberty Pharmacy about summertime safety um, while pregnant, the types of sunscreen um, to use, and safety tips for infants. We also talked about um, bug repellents and allergies, and then um, got some really great resources um, to use while pregnant, too. So. So hopefully uh, this podcast was um, valuable to those of you who are new and expecting. Again, please consult your doctor, local pharmacy, if you do have any questions concerning what you should be taking um, during the summer months. Thank you so much, Tori, for talking with us today. Uh, We appreciate you coming in to see us. Well, I just want to thank Jennifer and Melanie and the North Liberty Library for having me. And also just wanted to give a little bit more information on North Liberty Pharmacy. So we were previously known as CarePro Pharmacy, but we just changed ownership. So now we're just kind of dropping the CarePro and just solely North Liberty Pharmacy. Still same staff, same hours, everything. It was just the name that changed. So we are located at 555 West Cherry Street in North Liberty, right across the street from the rest center in the mm-hmm. library and our phone number is 319-626-6188 and we are open Monday through Friday from 8:30 to 6 p.m. and Saturday from 8:30 to 12. So if you have any questions please stop by or give us a call and we'd be happy to help. Yes. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to our Stork Storytime podcast. We hope you enjoyed your time with us. And remember, just as it's never too late to learn early literacy skills and develop a love of reading, it's never too early either.